When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Rachel Hampton, and you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And I hope you are all having a phenomenal end to your August. I cannot believe it is almost September. Where did the time go? Speaking of time going, we're still taking a break. Yes, <laughs> we're planning some really exciting stuff for y'all down the road. And of course, attempting to find a replacement for Madison Malone Kircher. And while we're busy doing that, we wanted to share some of mine, Madison's favorite episodes. Today, we are returning to an episode about a couple that manages to dominate the headlines regardless of which decade they get together. I am, of course, talking about Benifer. With Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck's recent wedding in Savannah, Georgia, we thought it would be the perfect time to revisit our episode from June 5th, 2021, when we had none other than Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber of the Who Weekly podcast on. We chatted about what it was like when Benifer first united in the early 2000s and how their new relationship plays out in the era of social media gossip. We also start the episode with a chat about some old beekeeper drama from TikTok, which if you remember, your memory is much better than mine. Now, without further ado, Who Weekly explains Benifer 3.0. The B drama has indeed been incredible. All over TikTok. The girls are fighting, and the girls are the beekeepers? The girls are apiarists. In case you have somehow managed to miss this little bit of drama flying across your TL or your FYP, TikTok's favorite beekeeper might be a fraud, a phony. A Trump supporter? <laughs> uh, Erica Thompson on TikTok goes by at Texas Bee Works. Um, and honestly, pretty good chance you've you've seen some of her stuff. She's, you know, had magazine and newspaper profiles and has over 6 million followers. You might even say the Texas native is the queen bee of TikTok. She's racked up 60 million views for her humane bee removal practices. And look, Ma, no special suit, <laughs> no gloves. All- she does this, like, ASMR bee rescuing adventure. I I don't think you can have managed to be on TikTok and not have seen these videos before. As soon as I put the queen in the hive, the bees began to go right in. I still had some bees on my hand who weren't leaving because they could still smell their queen on me. So I shook them off so they could find her. Within minutes, the entire colony was rushing to get back into their new hive. You can see how fast they were moving and how the queen was covered in bees. I waited for all the bees to get into their hive and it was another great day of saving the bees in my pajamas. But apparently... These videos are staged, which I'm going to be honest, we're watching her scoop bees into her hands. I don't really know how one stages this, but somebody on TikTok 
And by somebody, I mean another well-trained beekeeping professional is saying it's all fake. The person behind L.A. Honeybee Rescue, which, you know, by the name is clearly another well-trained professional, is saying Erica Thompson is doing this all wrong. She's setting a very dangerous precedent. She's not wearing any kind of power gear. She's not wearing, you know, uh, thick pants or gaiters or, you know, work boots. She looks really pretty doing it, and that's because it's faked. And I hate to say that because y'all are going to say I'm coming for her, but it's not. Like, the reason I keep my hair short is so bees don't get caught in it. If bees get caught in your hair, they sting. The thought I always have when I see... Um, Erica Thompson's TikToks is like she's very calm. There's a real sort of serene beauty to them. I I like appreciate being put in a position where I have to think like, hey, these scary things that I'm afraid of also like are kind of cor- cool and gorgeous and like what a what an excellent like bee advocacy position you're taking. But then I think are all the other beekeepers who wear like the full on you know suits like are they just chicken shit no that's there's probably a reason perhaps yeah no yeah there are full reasons for those you know outfits it's a look it's a vibe it's funny watching this i feel the same sort of energy that i and a lot of other people get during the olympics which is you know the two weeks of the year where you're like i know everything (laughs) about high diving like you're suddenly an expert (laughs) in a niche thing that you knew nothing about a month ago that's me and beekeeping right now tune in next week where madison will tell us how to save the bees in a way that when madison's very stung Well, that's all the time we have for B-Drama, because today's show is uh, a crossover special. Don't fucking do it, Madison. (laughs) Because. Anyway, one of the Internet's biggest stories in the past few weeks has been the reunion of one of the early aughts most iconic celebrity couples. That's right. We are talking about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck reuniting and giving us Benifer... 2.0? 3.0? I don't know, actually. What what I do know is that they're ushering in a kind of renaissance of 2003, a simpler time that we all clearly needed to return to. And by we all, I really mean we all, because none other than Diddy also posted a throwback photo with J-Lo, confirming not only that she's still the nude-lipped legend we all knew she was, but that we all just want to get in on the benefit action. (laughs) Uh, Here at ICYMI, we recognize the the impact of Benefer on the culture, uh, but neither of us can truly claim expertise on early aughts celebrity. But to help us properly contextualize the reemergence of Benefer in this new era, this new very online era of social media gossip and anonymous Instagram posts and, you know, who needs paparazzi when everybody has a phone, uh, we tapped two of our favorite experts, the hosts of Who Weekly, Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber, to join us in our fake studio and help us make sense of Benefer 3.0. 17.0. After the break, we'll be back with Bobby and Lindsay to talk about the celebrity couple that is all the buzz. Again? Again? <laughs> Hi. 
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. and We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. We are back with two delightful uh, guests, Bobby and Lindsay of Who Weekly. Welcome. Hello. Crunch, crunch. Hi, crunch, crunch. Thanks for having us. (laughs) We're so glad you're here to discuss... The topic of not just our generation at this point, several generations, I think, I think at it's least fair to three. say. Several. <laughs> at least three. We are talking about Benifer, the return of Ben and J-Lo and everything old is new again. We're so happy. I'm so happy. Even just yeah. you saying it, I, I'm thinking about it. Then it's making me so happy. I've yet to be ups- like, it's just the best news that we've had in our celebrity sphere for so long, you know? <laughs> I'm as happy as Ben was when he left Jennifer Lopez's house this morning, you know? Did you <laughs> yeah. see that photo? That was Such actually the first photo. thing we were going to ask, is have oh. you seen the smirking Ben Are you picture? Kidding? I love the that smirk. you brought that it's up. It's so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. oh. oh, So great. Do you have a Ben Affleck Google alert? No, because, well, technically, Benifer isn't really our purview, like, in the main feed of our podcast. Like, it's really funny because it's, like, the who's are her job, but the them's are, like, our hobby. So it's, like, mm-hmm. it almost feels like, it almost feels we're off the, cl- when we're, that we're off the clock when we talk about Benifer. Yeah. It does make it even more joyful that doesn't feel part of our purview, which is, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that until now. Yeah. <laughs> Like if Rita, like when Rita Ora started taking dating Taika Waititi, it was like exciting, but it was also like got to do some work, got to do some research. Which again, mm. like we're very lucky to have jobs where our research is looking up like gossip about Rita Ora and Taika Waititi. <laughs> but Benefer is just like this like pure moment. It's this pure moment we can just be the audience, and it's a lot of fun. Can you kind of tell us the difference between a who versus a them? Sure. Uh, who is like, uh, who is that person? It's like somebody you would see on a tabloid in the airport and be like, oh my God, who is that even? Like, I don't even like, no, not like I don't recognize, like I just really have never heard of this person. And the Addison Ray uh, or sorts um, types of celebrity. And a them is like, oh, I know them. Oh, I've heard of them. Oh, whatever. And yes, this obviously differs across generations, across, you know, where you're from or whatever, but we're really trying to, br- this is kind of the who them question of it all. This dichotomy naturally being the uh, the core of the the who weekly podcast the uh, crux yeah mm-hmm. 
So Rachel and I must fully disclose that we perhaps hypothetically missed Benifer round one. <laughs> Were you born? <laughs> give give or yes. take. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Just please. Yes, fully born. I will please say when I heard Benifer is back, I was like, which which Jennifer are we talking about? Is it oh. JLo? Is it Aniston? Is it Gar- mm. Then Madison was like Garner? And I was like, Oh, there's so many Jennifers. <laughs> so fully missed the first wave of Benifer. So when it all came back and everyone was so happy, I was like, I want to get in on this. Why does everyone care so much? Do you find yourself like, is it working though? Like having missed yeah. like Benifer 1.0, it's working? Good. Yeah, it's infectious. You're right. Like, I guess when they were, there's a very specific age of person now who was at the very specific perfect age to be like, obsessed with and very much a part of tabloid culture at the time to like really ingest the like be excited about the, the Benefer 1.0 you know so maybe Gen Z or whatever is less enthused but I would say that even if they weren't aware of the first time the J-Lo J-Lo is still as famous than ever if not more so mm-hmm. than she was then Let's and get love. Yeah, like, <laughs> she literally is our president and, and Ben Affleck I think also stays in the press stays in the press you know, mm-hmm. maybe he's not, maybe they're not as aware of goodwill hunting as we are and like that whole thing. But <laughs> that guy, I think he, I think he definitely still hits all generations. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The fame is astronomical, but I guess I'm curious, could you kind of recount for, you know, our younger listeners and perhaps <laughs> me, the round one celebrity kind of media experience that was like Benifer 1.0. Bobby, go for it. Yeah, well, the two of them are a little before our time in that we were maybe 10 when they were having their big come up because Ben had been acting for a long time before Goodwill Hunting kind of like shot him up and he won his Oscar with his best friend. And <laughs> Jennifer Lopez had been sort of on the come up since because she was a she was a dancer first, obviously. So she mm-hmm. was on television. She was dancing. But like her big come up came like Anaconda and like Selena time in the mid 90s. So like she was coming up in the late 90s. Ben was like kind of already there, but still going up in the late 90s. And then when they crossed paths in the early 2000s, it was like, oh, these are two of just like the most famous actors in Hollywood getting together. And this was also when she was becoming a music superstar too. So it was like, we weren't quite sure if the music was gonna last, but she was still famous enough that like, oh, two big A-listers are together and their names make a great portmanteau. There was also a beautiful I think that I think that people loved about them where, you know, she was Jenny from the block and she was from the Bronx and he was from Boston and they were both these kind of like hometown heroes coming mm-hmm. together and they both kind of had these like great like hometown hero origin and they just they really kind of like fit in this really sweet way. And they also were very, maybe I think to the to the detriment of their relationship, which they probably said in retrospect a bunch of times before they got back together separately in interviews, they they talked to the media. They did mm-hmm. interviews. They they were lovey-dovey. There's that famous Diane Sawyer interview that we love to reference where she reaches out to him for comments. She's interviewing J-Lo and she reaches out to Ben for comment. And of course, at the end of the interview, she's like, just in time for this interview, I got an email back from Ben. And it's like the sweetest, nicest <laughs> email about Jen, just like, here's what he wrote. I consider myself to be the luckiest man alive for reasons which should be plainly self-evident after hearing Jen speak for a minute, much less an entire hour. This is pulling me in already. Yeah. It was just a- <laughs> 
It's I think sweet. we were like rooting for them, but I also think that the machine of it all really did break them up. So the the irony of us all being so into it was what ruined it in that way. I mean, obviously, like her stardom would go astronomical from there. Like she was only getting more famous and he had some like substance abuse issues. So he had to go through like that. And, you know, and now later, two two kids later, one marriage, each of them for each of them, many, many uh, fiancés for her. But whatever later they can now come together like mature. And I think as, first of all, as a nostalgic thing, obviously millennials are obsessed, but also we're all now mature. And I think we can also say like, it'd be so beautiful to reunite with that high school fling or whatever. And like all of a sudden you're both mature adults and like, wow, is it gonna work, you know? Yeah. And I think the fact that it's happening in the on like the tail end of at least like America's battle with the pandemic, like so many people in the United States are vaccinated now. Like there's a very easy parallel to make between like going back to normal. And I know like there's a whole conversation to be had about normal, but like that feels so normal. It feels so dated that it's like, oh, wow, maybe things are making a turn. And like, even though that's absolutely wrong and not the case, there is something like conceptually and thematically very comforting about like these two people returning to a better time and maybe Mm. doing it better the second time around you know like there are so many weird metaphors to make with this relationship that I feel like people are applying at least I am applying that only make it more interesting you know yeah yeah it's true yeah you mentioned Lindsay the kind of machinery driving them apart and I'm curious as to how much you think like the gossip blogs I'm thinking kind of like Lainey and Perez kind of fit into that machinery and then how you kind of see that their place currently like in 2021 versus 2003 I mean I think back then it was kind of the beginning or at least like the the very beginning of online tabloid journalism in terms of the blogs like I because they really hit their stride when I was in college so this was before that and things were were happening more people had more access more cell phone cam more cameras on cell phones more you know just kind of like everything in your face and just overwhelming amounts of attention on something like this um, and more just outlets for the pictures to go and that was maybe new for everyone that was new for them it was new for for us as consumers and now we're more used to it maybe I don't know like I can't say it's better it's probably worse it's probably gotten worse but at least they know what to expect you know and at least like maybe there's a world in which they can have a little fun with it versus just being terrified and maybe he's coming to just more of an acceptance of that in his life and maybe they found new ways to control the narrative that maybe they didn't have before maybe that's how it works you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. more places to be private more money so that more, more richer, big houses yeah. to be private in they're richer <laughs> they can get more done with more money I don't know there's lots of factors I think why do you think that everyone kind of lost their minds again in 2021 over this kind of like specific couple I mean, it is, I can't imagine a more, we're, we're inundated with, with C and D listers. I can't imagine a more A-list pairing. Like <laughs> mm. everyone's on the same page with knowing who they are and what this kind of quote unquote means. Uh, it feels, you know, there's no one you, you could send this to who wasn't like, whoa, you know, mm-hmm. even somebody yeah. who maybe doesn't care about celebrities that much would still be like, oh, interesting, like crazy, you know? Mm. It was nostalgia, but it was also like the very recent history of Jennifer Lopez's like relationship drama, her yeah. on again, off again stuff with A-Rod was like sort of like in turn funny but then also kind of sad because there were allegations of cheating and then there were like the weird things where they were like 
where she got mad that people purported that they broke up remember and she made that TikTok that was very defensive that was like how dare you like love wins or whatever where it was like you're out of your mind Jennifer Lopez like this is wild <laughs> like she's so she's just one of those famous people that is so famous and so successful and so like in this weird bubble that like she's completely unrelatable and so to have this completely unrelatable person who was a, who had just broken up with this guy who again we never knew the details for sure but like probably cheated on her like that's sort of what it seemed like and she was like I've had enough of this to go back to this person who may be like the only other man on the planet who like apart from mark anthony but like who like is an option at this point she's so famous that like how could she, she can't just get with an anna de armas equivalent in a way like ben affleck mm. ben affleck can like be seen dated dating some like not normal girl but like b-list person up-and-coming person jennifer lopez mm-hmm. like needs someone way up there someone she has history with how do you guys feel because round one of this was 2002 so like the pace of the internet was much much slower to non-existent i'm curious how like the rate of digestion of relationship content in benefer 3.0 works a little differently i imagine <laughs> now that we're all online and getting tmz push alerts <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, but it also just feels interesting because it's like photos of celebrities have been so devalued because everybody has can take a photo of a celebrity and also celebrities can post their own photos now. So it's like, why, why would anyone buy my photo of Pink if Pink is posting photos of herself on Instagram that like a tabloid can use for free, essentially? So I think celebrities have kind of grabbed back the kind of narrative of access where it's like you don't you used to need access and that was the power and you still do and now they're like we're just not going to give you access like best of luck to you you know and that I think is very different but these photos almost felt like I mean they're worth like a million dollars all of a sudden we had this like this renaissance of kind of we need to see more photos of these two together and I think that is increasingly rare in terms of like the the tabloid landscape so I don't know. It it feels very different. It also feels like everything is just so fast that Mm -hmm. we're getting a photo a day here, you know, and the and we just got to keep up. It's just like it felt like a throwback, like and also like in the conversations, especially with uh, Britney Spears. And um, I know there was that whole thing with Kate Middleton, too. It almost feels like we've outgrown the need for those sorts of invasive paparazzi photos. But again, like. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, they feel like this exception. Like, there's there's that person on our shoulder being like, you shouldn't be okay with this. We're invading their privacy. But then I'm also like, but I want them to fall in love and I want and I want to see them happy together. Like, it's mm. it's creating this this fight within myself, you know? Because it does feel so weird. I do feel like a less famous couple, though, would have already posted a photo of themselves together on Instagram. Kind of like yeah. beat the press in a way. And I don't, mm-hmm. but I feel like these two are somehow dragging out the fact that it's like, will they, won't they, even though they clearly will and they have. <laughs> and like, it, it, that's kind of a funny thing. And maybe that's because they're retro, maybe because they're thinking about the last time they did this. And like a modern kind of more online couple probably would have already tried to beat the paparazzi at their game by just putting everything out there, you know? Right. I mean, Ben Affleck doesn't even, like, have no social media. He has his private one. has a... Yeah, right. right. What's it called? Like, good good bill fronting. What's it called? Like, positive it's called, vibes? It's called, like, positive, positive vibes bill or something. It's, yeah, it's, it's goodwill good. hunting, but, like, other words for each of those words. Yes, like, it's... 
<laughs> it's really funny. But like, but remember, deeply corny. But, but like you were saying, yeah. Lindsay, remember how Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck announced their relationship on Instagram with a yeah. photo on Anna's Instagram that he yeah. took. You yeah. know, when she was like, a selfie. picture emoji colon Ben or whatever. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was like she gave him credit for taking the photo of her on the beach. They haven't done that yet. Yeah, and I wonder, I actually do wonder why, because she does obviously have a huge team of social people that she probably works with, but mm. I maybe there's something holding holding them back. He doesn't use it. She, she barely wants to use it, so it's a little <laughs> different than him dating this like younger, more modern you know, starlet or whatever. How much do you think their kind of reluctance to, I guess, publicly acknowledge it has to do with the kind of built-in hype that they're creating around themselves? Like, the less kind of official photos come through with, like, their actual channels, the more it's like, are they going to announce it now? Is it going to happen now? Like, let me look at this paparazzi photo to see how close they are. (sighs) I think it's a lot of it. Ben is clearly, like, Ben has established himself, especially since, like, being single and dating the nanny after breaking up with Jennifer Garner, like, sort of, like, a bit of a bumbling idiot. And so, but Jennifer Lopez is the most, like, calculated, like, put-together type A celebrity we have, one of them. And so I think that they're being very, because of Jennifer, like, they're being very deliberate about what they reveal when they reveal it. Like, even though we're seeing these paparazzi photos, like, of them in the car together, of them on the tarmac together, I do believe that they are capable of not being photographed if they didn't want to be photographed. There's this kind of interesting, like Ben and Jennifer feel kind of like the last traces of like celebrity monoculture in a way. Like I feel like y'all show kind of really gets at the fact that there are so many different pockets of celebrity now because of the internet, but Ben and Jennifer still command that level of just attention. Like they're really kind of like the last big stars where like Addison Ray maybe has a bigger reach than any of them collectively on a social media platform but like mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck who Addison Ray is dating but like I don't and I didn't care about Bennett for 1.0 but seeing them together in 3.0 I'm like this is important this is important <laughs> <laughs> you're right like I I don't know if I can think like just off the top of my head, I don't know of any of many couples from that like early again like right before the internet really made everything get fragmented. What what it was like Benefer, it was Well, Gwyneth and Brad at that point for briefly, that was before, well, a while ago, but when Gwyneth and Brad Pitt dated, that was big, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah I just, Br- like, Brad and Jennifer, obviously, Aniston. Mm-hmm. And the Beyonce and Jay-Z was, was a big thing because their relationship was rumored for so long and they refused to confirm it and everyone knew. And so, but like that was a thing that people talked about. And like, you're right, we don't really have this thing anymore. We had it for the briefest of moment when Brad and Jen, you know, touched hands on that red carpet and everyone. <laughs> right. But also when they did that reunion, remember when they did that reunion over like during the pandemic, they were on Zoom and Brad was like, yeah. what's up, Jen? And like mm-hmm. everyone lost his their hair. fucking collective, his hair looks really his good. Hair. But, like, everyone lost their collective <laughs> minds and I think it yeah. kind of really points to the fact that I think people really miss, yeah, they miss that celebrity monoculture mm-hmm. in a way where it's like yeah. these are big people who are getting involved with each <laughs> other. I would love of monoculture to come back like like when we all watch the same stuff like live tv ruled you're right like we don't have that because of all the streaming services and just fractured media and i think mm-hmm. we all we all crave that it's like i am alone everyone is at this party without me <laughs> it's true and i will never be invited <laughs> we're all at the party with jennifer and ben we're all there 
Well, thank you both so much for being here with us today on ICYMI. Again, this is Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber of the podcast Who Weekly. This was a blast. I learned Thanks for so having much. us. It's really fun. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We so rarely get to talk about thems. Yeah. Long live <laughs> Benefer 3.0. And that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday, so please subscribe. Our episodes are free, and it's the best way to make sure you never miss a show. Please consider leaving us a rating and a review in Apple Podcast. Tell your friends about us. No one has taken us up on the offer to uh, purchase a Skywriter to do some promo for the show, but <laughs> that could be you. Uh, you can also always follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod. Get up in our mentions, send us good TikToks, or feel free to shoot us a DM if you've got questions about why teens on TikTok think Helen Keller is a hoax. I really wish I were kidding. (laughs) And of course, you can always, always, always drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. Who knows? We might just have you on the show covered in bees. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Forrest Wickman is Slate's culture editor. And Gabe Broth is editorial director of audio. See you online. Buzz buzz. Don't bring up Justice Scalia when we're talking about <laughs> Ben Affleck. You brought and up Jeffrey Star. Yeah, really. Okay, that's the okay. oh, that's the call is it's coming fair. from inside the house. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Stand corrected. I stand corrected. Hi, y'all. If you love ICYMI, then please consider subscribing to Slate Plus. When you subscribe, you get no ads on any Slate podcast, including this one. You will be supporting ICYMI. The show would not be possible without the support of Slate Plus subscribers. You'll also get bonus segments or episodes on shows like Slow Burn, Hit Parade, The Waves, and Big Mood, Little Moon. You'll get unlimited reading on the Slate website which means you get access to every single article and advice column on Slate without ever hitting the paywall. Think it's a pretty good deal if you ask me. Just visit slate.com slash plus to sign up. That is slate.com slash plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. 
but there's something you can do about it. And we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets.